Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, and welcome to the uh, Syrupcast for the week of August 12th. I'm your host, Igor Bonifacic. I'm joined today by Patrick. What's up? Not too much. How are you, Patrick? Pretty good. A little tired, but good. Right on. Rose? Hello. Hello. Just got that Olympics fever. That's what I'm about right now. Go Team Canada. Mm-hmm. And CBC, first time <laughs> attendee. I don't know. I totally screwed that up. But the star of the show today, Jess. Hi, everyone. How's it going? Not too bad. Jess did put in a very long appearance on a very prominent national TV show yesterday. With a certain very prominent host. <laughs> yes, Diane Buckner. <laughs> the one and only. This week, the CRTC released a report on how expensive telecom services are in Canada. Uh, Jess appeared on the CBC to talk to about it. Rose helped her on the report. So how about you two um, explain the report to us? Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess the first thing that came about from the report was that, as the title says, um, Canadians really do pay more than everyone else. Uh, yeah, that's definitely true. I think that the interesting part of the report is that of the eight G7 countries that were included in the study, Canada was always in the top four in terms of the highest paying countries, except for one category, which is fixed landlines. And it kind of tells us what we already know, that we are still paying a lot of money and more than a lot of other first world countries for the services that are becoming more and more necessary every day. Okay, so before we get too deep into it, um, before the podcast started, we were talking about the methodology. So I think it is important to point out the yeah, methodology. Absolutely. So do you guys want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, uh, definitely. So something that we uh, sort of looked into was just the fact that um, this report didn't exactly seem to be that difficult to create. Um, <laughs> what they did was they looked they looked at eight different countries. Yeah. Um, in Canada. I believe it was six cities. Six cities, but they did include prominent cities from across, like from almost from, from across west the nation, to east. Like from yeah. west to east. So I guess there is that, but it still is just six cities. And what six cities, cities in Toronto? So, in Canada, sorry. Sorry, like Toronto. <laughs> yes. Right, yes. Yeah, Toronto. Toronto is a country on itself. It's like the most Toronto city. What cities in Toronto did they yeah. include? <laughs> um, so I think it was Vancouver, yeah. Yeah. Montreal, Regina, mm-hmm. Halifax, um... And Toronto, Toronto, of course, and um, Calgary? No, not Calgary. So I, I just opened it up. They have Vancouver, Regina, Winnipeg, Toronto, Montreal, and Halifax. Oh, thank you. So, okay. Winnipeg. A major city in each of them. So they averaged out prices over those cities mm-hmm. um, from the plants that they sourced there. Um, and then for the U.S., they picked three cities. Four. Not entirely. Or a three, was it four? I thought it was four. Okay, four. so they picked like less cities in the U.S., averaged out the prices over there. Mm-hmm. And then in the other countries, they just picked the principal city. So 
in Tokyo, Australia Japan, was yeah. Sydney and yeah. averaged out prices in that particular oh, I didn't city. Oh, that. Yeah, that kind of skews the results. That skews the result very, yeah. Not very comprehensive at all. And what they really did was pull prices from websites. And that's pretty much it. Like, it's right. something that you and mm-hmm. I could have pulled together. Absolutely. And, and maybe we time. will in we the future. Could. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was just a snapshot in time as well. So they just did January and February so mm-hmm. when they collected this data. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Which so is why I was very surprised that everybody seemed to be focusing so much on this. Because if you actually look at how they pulled this report together and the amount of time mm-hmm. that they used to pull the report together, together I don't know how reliable mm-hmm. it really is. Mm-hmm. And it was created not by um, CRTC, because I saw a comment, somebody saying, this is just a summer student who did this. An intern, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so you yeah. think maybe it was, but they actually hired Nordicity, um, to prepare their which report, is a yes. yeah, research firm to prepare it for mm-hmm. them. Um, but yeah. They might want their money back, from the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not great press they're getting yeah. because of it. Yeah, I mean, there are quite a, a few caveats on there, and they also sort of... What they did, too, was obviously uh, translate um, the mm-hmm. foreign currency into, uh, you know, what it would be in Canadian dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can obviously fluctuate pretty wildly. Yeah, so, absolutely. And they, they also didn't take into account other costs of services. Mm-hmm. So the cost of what, uh, you know, what it takes to run those telecom services in those other countries mm-hmm. and affordability. So generally how, what those citizens can afford. Mm-hmm. So comparing the prices to how much they on yeah. average make. So there's a it lot was, of stuff that's not It was essentially for. very flawed in its methodology. Right. I mean, I know that nobody wanted to say that. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to look at it and say, you see, look, Canada's paying so much money. And while that very well might be true, I don't think that we can look at this report and say, this is the proof. This is the evidence. You know, it would be interesting yeah. to see a really comprehensive it report. It would. And, and I feel like the results would be, I feel like we do pay a lot. Right. <laughs> we know that. And the results mm-hmm. would be fairly similar, but I don't know how reliable this is. Well, so I, I will say, I think the fact that it only sampled three or four American cities is very telling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you go on sites like The Verge, you know, something that they you point out from time to time is that the difference in cost uh, for these services in a city compared to in rural areas in the U.S., right? Like the cost of internet and cable service and wireless service in the U.S. is drastically more expensive in rural areas, right? As opposed to the cities, right? So like it kind of breaks down into this like land is cheap in rural areas as opposed to in urban areas where it's really expensive, but the inverse is true of telecom services. It's much the same here in Canada too, actually, especially when it comes to internet. Yeah. um, Because the infrastructure just isn't there and And people don't want to build it out. Yeah. For like a good example, that was like my parents Mm -hmm. pay 60 bucks a month for something like 10, I think it's five down, one up with Mm -hmm. Bell, but they actually only get like one up. One down, yeah. They're lucky, right? Yeah. And but they're still paying for that five down, right? Because in the fine print, it's mm-hmm. up to five down, and yeah. that's based on the infrastructure mean, and what's present where you live, right? Even having to pay for five down is just yeah. that should be a human so right. So bad. Yeah. Every time I'm there, point. I like to do a speed test and then just like tweet it out. Be like, okay, guys. Living with horrible internet, and I. Mm. The other thing that I like to point out too is that like the last time I was in Cuba using like the internet at the hotel, I did a speed test, and the internet was vastly superior too. To what, what they, wow. In communist yeah. Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> that is interesting. Which yeah. nobody supports any longer for roaming programs. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much no one. None of the big three. Yeah, we reported on that not too long ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So d- does your dad manage to play Pokemon Go on that? <laughs> well, their, their data connections on their phones are faster than their Yeah, so they just right? use their data. So he just uses his data to, to play it. Um, he doesn't play a lot of online games, but because there's only two of them, they manage to make it work. Because like, if he's playing a game on Xbox or whatever, and it's online, then no one can be on the internet. Because it just kills the internet, right? Yeah. It's like going back to... Like ninety eight when you well, had, when you had like phone line internet and mm-hmm. it's funny you should mention because the room we're in it's called the fifty six k room oh meta yeah, yeah that's true I uh, I mean and so that is that's a good point that you made where mm-hmm. it's very different pricing comparative to where you live and the, within right the yeah absolutely. and it's a very like this is a city centric. <laughs> Obviously, you know, most people in Canada live in cities, but there's a significant part of the population that lives in rural areas. So this is mm-hmm. just on that basis alone. I don't know how helpful this study is. Uh, and I think it would skew the results even further towards like it being really expensive to uh, to live or to buy or excuse me, to pay for telecom services in Canada uh, as opposed to like, you know, <coughs> countries like France Japan where they're like very dense right in terms yeah. of yeah you know the population uh, the population density right yeah, yeah. so uh, anything else from the report that was noteworthy I think that like even though you know this is kind of just rough estimates right <laughs> it's mm. still it's still interesting there still is a gigantic um, is that iPhone okay the iPhone is okay the iPhone is completely um, okay <laughs> There still is a gigantic difference between certain uh, countries. So, like, for instance, um, for bundling, yeah. you know... Canada's still one of the most expensive yeah. in terms of bundling. I believe we placed first, third, and third in the three levels, across mm-hmm. the three levels of service that were provided mm-hmm. for bundling. And we know that bundling is extremely expensive here yeah. in Canada, but I think that everybody sees it as being the option that's going to reduce your bill, yeah. and we're still paying the most. Yeah, oh my gosh. I mean, the bundling really doesn't help as much as it should. If you compare it to the lowest, there was the lowest country in in those tiers was Mm -hmm. generally Great Britain. Mm -hmm. And all of the bundles, whether it was a triple play, so, you know, like Mm -hmm. TV, internet, and home phone, or whether it was quadruple play and like Mm -hmm. TV, internet, home phone, mobile Mm -hmm. phone, they were all around $60. Six dollars. Mm-hmm. All are in the mid sixties. Nice. I mean, yeah, must be nice. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Also, though, I don't know if any of that is um, uh, sort of uh, provided by the government or um, you know, like subsidized. subsidized by the government is yeah. what I meant to say. So, um, but it was, and ours sort of lies more in the range of one hundred and forty, right? Yeah. Rogers <laughs> is like always trying to get me to sign up for a home phone. Like every three months, there's like a little slip under my door. You yeah, can save like, this much money if you get a home phone. I'm like, I've never well, had a home phone. No. I'm never going to have a home yeah. phone. It's interesting because landlines are actually the least expensive yeah. in Canada. We were fifth or sixth right. in every category in terms yeah. of how much we pay. Yeah. And most of us are thinking about uh, shuttering cord, our home right. phones, right? Yeah. Like even my parents want to get rid of one, right? Yeah. And I think that's indicative of like where things are going. And I guess that's why the prices are so low, but it was interesting to me that other countries still had fairly high uh, landline rights. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's something there that we actually shouldn't be complaining about. I know, it's rare. It could just be that in Canada it's very expensive to have both. (laughs) Yeah, that is a good, good point. Um, And I, I think, yeah, I mean, overall, 
one thing that was interesting was that the United States was not that different from us. No, mm-hmm. not at all. They actually all beat us in beat a us couple in of few. things. Yeah. And um, I think that everybody sees the United States as saying, well, they have such a better deal down there, and mm-hmm. they pay so much less money, and their service is so much better. And in reality, that's not it's always not quite, true. Yeah. So I think the interesting also takeaway from this is you look, I think both Canada and uh, the United States, you would say, are two countries where telecom regulation is at its most, uh, or it's the most favorable towards the telecom providers, right? Absolutely. Whereas in Europe uh, and Asia, it is the telecom re- regulations are much more aggressively uh, uh, pointed towards the consumer, right? Um, so I think this is just another you know, uh, argument for there needs to be stronger regulation in Canada. That's true. Right? Yeah. It would be interesting to look into, though, because I know that China has a big three situation as well. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it actually has the same sort of monopoly. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think actually China wasn't included in this report. Yeah. So... Um, but it would be interesting to see, you know, like whether you can have that same sort of monopoly system, but if mm-hmm. the regulations are more strict, mm-hmm. actually manage to provide a good deal for the consumer. Yeah, absolutely. So something Diane asked you was, <laughs> why is the situation like this? Uh, is that something you two feel comfortable trying to answer? Yeah. I think we talk about yeah. it a lot, but I think we know that there really is a monopoly in Canadian telecom. Mm-hmm. And there's not, There's no reason for Rogers, Valentelis to lower their prices, so why would they? Like, there's mm-hmm. really no incentive there. And I mean, I yeah. can't go mm-hmm. on national TV and say that. But. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, in fact, with the stagnation of the market where we're hitting this saturation point where most people have, people who are going to have the smartphones now mm-hmm. have them, yeah. mm-hmm. um, it's only getting worse, right? Because yeah. all they can do is jack up the monthly um, charges that one customer has because they're not adding that many new customers every month. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and while they're all pretty much the same, Canadians will pay because at the end of the day, these are services that we're starting to really need in order to get through the day. Like I would not be able to function during the day without my smartphone. Yeah. And I mean, while I don't need my landline so much anymore, I think that there are certain services that I would pay for because I need them. I know. I mean, don't you think it's crazy that it's becoming a consideration every month, um, the phone bill, like on top of your rent, but it's, it's you know, mm-hmm. for most people, at least $100. Like yeah. it is oh, a so large, much. large consideration <laughs> for your monthly budget. I know. Um, but it, you're like you said, it's really necessary. My phone it bill is. is almost as much as my internet, like my monthly internet bill. Yeah. Like it's within $10. Mm-hmm. And That's I only ridiculous. get two gigs of data. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. And you have a excellent like internet. Actually. Yeah, yeah. And I have like a, I think it's like 125 down, 10 up or something like that, which is yeah. pretty, pretty modern internet speed through Canada. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, what I think would help would obviously be more mobile virtual network operators and VNOs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, actually, I think it's MNVOs. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like the thing is that what you're saying is Chill Mobile is the telecom chill that will save us. Chill Mobile is the answer. You know, yeah. if, but that I think Chill Mobile just proves how futile and what a, a futile dream yeah. it is. You know, to be able Absolutely. to because you want to be able to sort of lease the infrastructure of Roger mm-hmm. and Bell and Telus. But they don't have to do that. 
so they're You're not really going subject to, do to that. their consideration on that mm-hmm. point. Right, like exactly. Any any consideration they give you, you're gonna have to follow some of their terms and regulations and standards along mm-hmm. with that, which can end up it, it can end up giving Canadians the exact same deal because you're on their network. Well, right. that was the thing with Tech Savvy when I was a Tech Savvy right. subscriber. There, I don't know what it's called with internet, but they they're like a third. They're a reseller. They're a yeah, reseller. They're okay. reseller. So, so it's like an NVNO <laughs> for internet. Mm-hmm. Um, they their the their prices kept going up and up and up, and they their their big thing is that they're very open with their customers and they they like send press releases out and tweets and whatnot explaining why they're changing things mm-hmm. and their sort of methodology behind all of the, the the price hikes that happened I guess year to year and a half ago was because uh, the infrastructure that they were renting those fees were getting higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the prices for a lot of their plans were almost the same as internet uh, for with Rogers yeah. when they revamped their like Ignite bundles. So to a certain extent, it's hard not to imagine that like all that didn't happen intentionally to sort of balance the playing field, making those third party resellers absolutely yeah. less they get competed out. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, not even competed out, but just like priced out. Of They're the still market. cheaper. They're still yeah. cheaper now, but there used to be like a huge price difference. Like for sure. I remember back when I first got internet when I was in university I got like a really dope tech savvy plan that had 300 gigs and it was mm-hmm. like 50 bucks a month and mm-hmm. you, you couldn't get that back then no mm-hmm. now like things are different plans are different stuff's changed but back then that was like your only option if you used a lot of internet yeah and I think we'd be thankful to even have an equivalent tech savvy in the wireless space we, oh, yeah. we don't even have that well That's in some, some you know we should qualify in Ontario we don't in well, I mean, the one I think that is notable in the country is Sugar Mobile, but that they're only really succeeding because they're sort of gaming the system yeah. in a pretty interesting but way. But I will, like in other, you know, like, you know, in Saskatchewan and uh, Manitoba and the East Coast, you know, they at least have like these fourth competitors that are viable. Oh, true, but they're not yeah. MVOs. Yeah, MVOs, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so that, I mean, that's the telecom report. You can check it out on mobilesyrup.com mm-hmm. uh, and you can see... Just his interview on the exchange. If you just search cbc.exchange or the exchange, and it's going to be on our site soon too. Yep, yep I think we'll post a, uh, an embed. Um, so uh, the other, you know, it was a slightly slow week, but the other thing that we, you know, the major story, I guess, not even story, but it was just a feature was uh, Teddy's uh, DTEC 50 review yep. uh, went up. Uh, we were hoping to have Teddy here so that he could explain himself. Uh, but Teddy is the busiest tech writer <laughs> I know, uh, so I'm sure he's out hustling right now. Um, he, Patrick, you edited the review. Yeah, his, you used the phone. His thoughts about the phone were sort of very similar to mine. I, mm-hmm. I would say, anyways, that it's there's nothing particularly wrong with it. Yeah. It's fine. The security stuff is going to be useful for a business crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he sort of questioned how useful it really is in the long run. Mm-hmm. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. But that this is the phone that should have came out a couple of years ago, and it would have made a huge splash. But now, 
there's other phones that are comparably right. spec higher. They're better mm-hmm. phones. Uh, maybe better build quality, depending on what you're looking for in a, in a phone. Um, and it, it just it's going to make less of an impact. And he also talked a lot about how it's basically a reskinned Alcatel 4-touch idol. Yeah, which, you know, when we brought that up, people weren't too happy about that. But, but. The, that's what, I, I don't understand that one, because, like, there's no getting around that fact. That's exactly what it I, is. So, <laughs> and I mean, I just wanted to bring that up in the sense that, like, how, how the mighty have fallen, right? Like, you know, BlackBerry, for the longest time, besides security, one thing it prided itself on, and, you know, even if the, the design of their phones wasn't appealing to you, they always, like, talked about, oh, like, our design team is so talented, right? Yeah. And, I mean, they didn't really talk about that this time. Right? No. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> they, talk, they talked about the software because yeah. they're a software company now yeah. that happens to sometimes still release hardware. Right? Yeah. Um, and I think that this phone, the manufacturing process being outsourced to, I can't remember the Chinese manufacturer. It's, um, you know, it's like a... I mean, I wouldn't call it a faceless, but it's close to being yeah, a faceless yeah, kind of thing. Chinese um, OEM. Yeah. I think that's just an example of them moving towards that. Like, I don't think that BlackBerry is going to be making phones consistently in a year. Like, we may I see don't a even phone know. every once in a while, but... So yeah. not to, like, you know, beat the, like, drum, but... So th- what happened this week were... Okay, so the week before, um, BlackBerry said it was, quote-unquote, licensing its software, which... It was kind of a weird way to put oh, it. Oh, yeah, I remember. Uh, but what it was really just doing, it was making the BlackBerry Hub available on the Android Play Store. Oh, as I long, forgot about that. As, yeah. as long as you had a Marshmallow phone, you could download it, right? And the interesting thing about that was it kind of takes the one of the, quote-unquote, few points of differentiation between the DTEK50 and the Priv and kind of outsources and makes it available to everyone, right? So unless you are really pining for... The DTEK app specifically, there's no software-wise. There's very little different between a regular Android phone and which is, I think, been the case for a long time, right? Between all Android phones and Nexus phones specifically. There's still right? going to be the like same people that I don't want to say blindly, but they're like really passionate about the brand. They want to support sure, yeah. a Canadian sort of Canadian company. I quote guess unquote. you would, quote yeah. unquote. Yeah. Um, and and they've always used the BlackBerry phone. They claim that that's all they're ever going to use. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work in a couple of years when they might not be making phones anymore. But for those people, this is a great phone. This is what, like, I, I think I said it in my hands-on. I, I don't want to put words in Teddy's mouth, but he said something similar. This is, like, the phone that BlackBerry fans have been waiting, waiting for, for. Well, yeah. to a certain extent. So, I don't know if you're even going to be able to buy BlackBerry within a year or so. Uh, maybe that's being too aggressive. But so the thing that happened this week was that they decided to uh, launch a really large-scale legal um, or um, legal battle against uh, a telecom uh, or a te- telecommunications coming in the United States. Uh, and it's interesting. I don't know if you guys read the story, but uh, John Chen was like basically like. He's like, we've been, he's like, we have something like 44,000 patents at BlackBerry. They're very newish patents, so like they're not expiring anytime soon. And he's like, can make a lot of money after that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, like, he's been the CEO of, of BlackBerry for a number of years now, and it's only now that he's decided to do this. And because I think it is kind of uh, like a Hail Mary in a sense, right? Like, the right. financials 
are getting so are getting progressively worse, right? Because they can't write this hardware ship, and he just seems so stuck on like keeping it. Um, even though he said time and time again, he's like, if it's not working out, if it doesn't bring profitability to the company, I'm going to cut it, right? But the timeline keeps extending. It keeps yeah. extending, right? Like it's been several years now that he's been the CEO, and. Is it any really better than under Thorsten Hines? I don't know. Like sometimes I try to imagine like a world where BlackBerry didn't come out with BB10 and yeah. just went straight Android yeah. and focused on making like really dope phones. Mm-hmm. And I wonder where the company would be today. I think it's hard to say, right? Because like you know, hindsight is obviously twenty twenty. Obviously, yeah. Totally. Right, but even yeah. like you think, well, like the closest analog, I think can think of is Nokia, right? Like That's true. They didn't want to go Android and <laughs> I mean they don't exist anymore. Like Nokia the company certainly does, but that that uh the mobile division which was bought by Microsoft, all those employees got let go. Right? Yeah. It was the same thing with like Palm and Palm OS that was bought by Samsung. HP. HP bought yeah, it. Yeah and then yeah. HP kind of absolved them itself of it pretty quickly, right? But that, I, I, th- I'm like, I think they talk about it like all the time on the Verge cast. Yeah, yeah. Great Palm OS was. Well, that was because it was yeah, it was Joshua's thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Palm Pilots. Yes, I love my Palm Pilot. Yes, <laughs> I use it Palm every day. Pre, yes, <laughs> I, I have a Palm Pre somewhere. Uh, <laughs> really do you? Actually? Yeah, yeah. It was a great. I mean, it was a really slow phone. We should do like a retrospective on it or something. <laughs> That ship has sailed a long time ago, my friend. Because uh, for those that don't know, Palm OS now it eventually got, I think, bought by LG of all things. Yeah. Uh, and it is now a TV operating system. Oh wow! A smart TV operating system. Pretty good smart TV operating yeah. system. Probably the best one. Oh really? Yeah. If you ask, uh, old curmudgeon, uh, what's his name? Well, well Mossberger. <laughs> all TVs are too complicated. I think uh, sometimes I wonder if everything's becoming too complicated for him. Interesting. Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> Whoa, well, you thank you. I, you've been this. called. I listen to that podcast all the time, and I think it's great. But he's just so negative about everything now, mm-hmm. and it's it's like a downer to listen to Control Alt Delete. Yeah. Because he just like doesn't like anything ever. <laughs> he's just you know he's reached that stage in an old white man's you know life cycle where you just become you just hate everything right yeah. like you and I Patrick it's gonna happen to us eventually right like there's no you are, not, you're making the transition the much more quickly yeah <laughs> looking forward to the day that that happens to me what like I think yeah it's just a it's not a matter of if but a matter of when <laughs> you know for some of us it comes earlier you know in our like late 20s yeah, for, just well mature. you know you can say what you want about Walt, but I think you should give him credit that like it took a very long oh, time. Oh no, totally. How old is Walt? Like I will find this out right now. I know this is bad radio slash podcasting, but he's over seventy, I believe. Well, I okay. Know. So specifically, while you're looking that up, mm-hmm. I was gonna say that I'm just intrigued by Samsung is just a really, really pushing and positioning uh, the Note Seven. Mm-hmm. as an enterprise business government device because of its new Knox 2.7 security update. So uh, that's interesting. I feel like they're they're just ready to step into the security device uh, yeah. market. Because for a very long time, even after consumers kind of wrote BlackBerry off, a lot of businesses and governments were still relying on it because of its mm-hmm. security software. And now we've seen that even the White House is like... We're going to go for a Samsung. I don't know what that's going to sound like for the tape. A lot of people I know that work for companies, um, 
their company has been switching over to Samsung devices. Like yeah. you have the choice of either you can have a Samsung phone or you'll be using Knox or an iPhone. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to ditch your Blackberry. So I think that's indicative also yeah. Yeah. where things yeah, are. Yeah, the mean, enterprise market is huge. It is a huge place it's for a, a lot of space. Uh, uh, mobile companies to get into and yeah. take over now that Blackberry is stepping back. And Walt Mo- Mossberg is 69. 69. He's 69 years old. So the perfect uh, age, yeah. some might say. <laughs> some might say, yes. Well, he could just be 69 forever. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want to do. Um, yeah, I, uh, to return to less lewd things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just imagine, I mean, just because you work for a giant faceless corporation doesn't mean you don't want a good phone, right? It's true. Maybe because you do work for a giant corporation, you're like... I deserve a good phone, not this yeah. BlackBerry phone. So, I mean, the fact that the kind of tides are turning against BlackBerry at long last in this, you know, one vertical where they've had so much success for so long, um, I think is just, you know, nature of things in some sense. And also, you know, like the company, how much, I'm like always questioning, like, how does it still have any goodwill with Canadians in some sense? Because... You know, uh, my uh, friend and colleague, Matt uh, Braga, he wrote that, or sorry, it wasn't Matt, it was um, Jordan, Advice, and Justin. They wrote that great piece about uh, how BlackBerry was basically just giving the government or the RCMP uh, information, access to uh, BlackBerry pin system, right? Uh, yeah. For uh, BBM, so especially after Apple's battle with the American government to not do precisely that, not do precisely that, yeah. So um, I don't know. Uh, we'll see where this company goes. For I just think they're it's kind of desperation mode right now. Absolutely. I mean, even my BlackBerry loving dad, whose <laughs> company still, <laughs> whose company still uh, drops. Um, provides them with BlackBerry, says that he's going to a Samsung Whoa. next time. And that is indicative of a Whoa. change. Well, he's going to love the yes, Note 7. I like how it's referred to as a Samsung, like not an Android phone. Because for so many people, that <laughs> is Android. Yeah. Yeah. There's no other Android. Yeah, thing. absolutely. Just like for John Chen, it's not Android, it's the yeah. Google. The he Google. so upset yeah. when I talked to him the other day. He's like, yeah, I think we're going to go to a Samsung now. Like, yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where this move is coming from. Like, it's okay, Dad. Don't worry. Don't worry. You'll love the phone once on. you get it. I need to tell uh, him how much I talk about him on this podcast. <laughs> you should also tell him about K-Mobile, which is <laughs> making its own Canadian Android. Oh, yeah. I love that. K-2. He's a regular patriot. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't think can we, we just about talk about this? Uh, we're, can we just talk about this quickly? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so for those that don't know, K-Mobile is a new kind of, I guess, wireless wave in some sense. Exactly. It's, uh, it's just a shop that's going to sell. Yeah, through phone. Virgin and Kudo plans right now. It's yeah. a, what they call a multi-carrier. I'd say like 10 years too late at this point, but, you know, power to you. Um, <laughs> and they came out and they were like, Canada's first phone, the K2. and it's- first, Yeah, first Android phone is what they called it. And, and so on their actual Facebook page, somebody mm-hmm. said, hey, isn't the uh, BlackBerry Priv Canada's first Android phone? And the response was just, Yes. yes. <laughs> but so, was, that's awesome. You know, I like that. I like that they're being honest. Uh, yeah, they're like, well, yeah, but I mean, come on. But come on, guys. Uh, so what, phone. what takes, well, like, there's no way, these are not Canadian phones, right? No, like, it's no, so no. misleading. Neither the Priv nor the... It's, it's similar to, 
like the, when we're talking about like how the third party Chinese manufacturers making the DTEC fifty is not the same situation. It's the same. It's so, like, so this yes, you know yeah. the CEO of this you know the CEO of, uh, this Kmart not Kmart. Uh, <laughs> now I could get behind a phone store called Kmart. Yes, it's a great name. Uh, fond memories of Kmart. The CEO of this company, Shami Manier. He and a party of people went to China. They approached a faceless Chinese OEM. And they said, we want to sell a phone that's, how much is it? Um, it is 300 I believe. $300. How much can you, what can you spec it out for? And they're right. like, we can do this for right. you. And it has like, like a MediaTek uh, octa-core processor. Yeah. Um, and it has a 13 megapixel camera. Yeah. And it comes, the box is just stuffed with like Goodies. cases that it comes with and an extra battery and all this. I mean, that's part of the negotiation, though. Right. Like, if you go with us, we can throw in cases with everything, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, and a quick charger. Yeah. But <laughs> like, the the bummer is that it's running Android KitKat. Oh um, yeah, it's four point two. Oh no! So I don't know. if if this phone becomes so a sizzling yeah. hit, it's not even really worth it anymore, in my opinion. Yeah. The next Why time. Would you- like, what can you really do with that software at this point? I mean, I don't... I would still like to get my hands on it just to see if it, like, is a good discount phone. Yeah. And oh, I, I am trying to, to get my it. hands yeah. on it, for sure. Um, yeah, just to see, like, you know... I, but my worry is that the build quality is going to be so poor that it will just literally crumble in my yeah. hands. And so I, that's what I'd like to see. But it could be a, a good, uh, super inexpensive phone to grab mm-hmm. if you don't about you know being so the here's my bold prediction this phone is going to be a sizzling success and what's going to happen is the next time the android distribution numbers come out usually the trend has been for the past year or so that kitkat's share of the market has decreased you will see oh, a yes. resurgent kitkat <laughs> yeah it will grow faster than marshmallow <laughs> I like there, that. there you go i want to see it happen 99.999 percent chance it won't but there you go if we're here to make dreams possible, I think. Hey, mobile on the phone, let's make it happen. Yeah. Uh, so, and everyone, sh- shout outs? Oh, shout outs, right. It. Yeah. Um, I guess my shout out um, does go to K Mobile just for their audacity. Like, they just seem <laughs> to pop out of nowhere. And mm-hmm. they're planning to have 250 stores in Ontario yeah. by 2019. Um, they actually, so though they seem like they kind of popped out of nowhere, the person behind it and the group behind it um, does own a lot of wind mobile dealer franchises yeah. right now. So, oh, I remember you telling me. You know, they know He just converted them the, into K-Mobile? I don't I think these are new locations. Oh, okay, okay. But although some wind mobile locations around Ontario are carrying the K2. So keep your eyes peeled. So if you want to make this great Canadian phone a success, please go to one of those locations. Should I like cover the launch day? Let's oh. It already happened, guys. <laughs> they didn't happened? let us know. No. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> Missed on that great coding content. I wanted to go interview the first person in line to get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which would have been me. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag journalism. <laughs> yeah. Jess, your shout-out? Um, I guess I send my shout-out to Diane Buckner for having me on the show last Yay. night. I really it was my very first time on TV, and apparently the Killed lipstick it. color was a little bit weird, but I still yeah. appreciate it, and I had a great time, so thanks. You could rock any lipstick color oh, thanks, in girl. the world. <laughs> Maybe not bubblegum pink. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess an uh, entire mobile syrup shout-out to Canadian swimmer uh, Penny Wozniak. Alexiak. Alexiak, yes. yes. Yay! Uh, 16 years old, four yeah. Olympic medals. Uh, so the next time you 
feel like making fun of Toronto, just remember it's bringing the whole country up. We have a penny Alexia. <laughs> yeah, we have a penny Alexia. What do you have? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we've just isolated eat, ourselves. Yeah, and we're gonna probably eat like, like <laughs> yeah, our words in like probably like a week the when section. Just imagining it. Oh. Um, so my shout-out goes to Hello Games for finally releasing No Man's Sky. Um, if you want to see a great thing, look how Sean Murray, I think that's his name, yeah, yeah. Uh, how how much he's just, like, fallen apart in yeah. life. What Developer Crunch does to people. But, sorry, continue. Yeah, I, I mean, the game didn't live up to what people expected, but I think their expectations were somewhat unreasonable. Um, I try to imagine this fictional world where the game wasn't super hyped up over the last two to three years and that it was like this like indie sleeper hit that came out that people slowly discovered and then there was like blog posts about it and reddit posts and it became super popular because mm-hmm. um, I think there is something cool in it it's this uh, space exploration game where the entire universe is uh, created through a mathematical algorithm and there's like billions more than billions what, what's above a billion trillion yeah. What's above a trillion? Because that's the number that they're saying. Quintillion? There's like a quintillion. Quadrillion, no? I don't know. There's a ton of planets in the oh. game. Like, there's no way to possibly explore them all. And they're all different, and there's all kinds of crazy wildlife on them. And in many ways, it's just Mining Simulator 2017. But there's some cool stuff in there, and I think it's getting a bit of a, of a bad rap for a cool project that was made by a relatively small team. Yeah. That's my shit. Go there. And on that note... Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.